1: Preview our upcoming opponent for the Detroit Lions this week, Week Four. The Lions are one and two. They'll be facing a one and two team, the Dallas Cowboys. So we are going to be previewing Lions Cowboys. Finally back in that one PM spot. Finally back into the thick of things. The Lions are back into the season. They're back into contention. They're back just a game behind first place in the NFC North. So we're going to break it all down for you this week. With us, as almost always, we got Ryan Matthews here. How are you doing, Ryan?
0: I'm almost doing great Jeremy how are you
1: I'm gonna keep doing that joke until you you have more steady participation yes sir <laughs> all right and from the opposing side of the sideline let's call it we have Dave Halpern from blogging the boys he's an editor-in-chief over there Dave how are you doing tonight
2: yeah I'm doing pretty good thanks for having me on
1: Yeah, no problem. Thanks for coming. So let's just dive right into this. Our first segment here, we like to get a background on the opponent. So we're going to throw a bunch of questions your way, Dave. And I have to start with the offense because that seems like the hot topic over there in Dallas. Um, Just about everyone, I feel like, is under fire. Dak Prescott is getting getting criticized uh, offensive line isn't what it used to be obviously with, with some injuries over there Scott Linehan is, is getting under fire Dave what's going wrong in the the Dallas offense right now is it multifaceted is there one thing that needs to be fixed or, or is it all these problems kind of piled on top of each other
2: well I do think it's it's multifaceted mm-hmm. um, they all tend to end up interrelated you know in, a, in different ways I mean if, if you're If you're calling bad plays, of course, the team is not going to, you know, function. They're not going to be able to pick up first downs. They're not going to move the chains. If you're calling good plays and the players just aren't executing, that's not going to work. If you have, um, you know, players making mistakes or, you know, it may not even be, you know, 10 guys might be doing their job on a play and one guy doesn't do his job and the play dies. So, I mean, you just you end up with a circular thing going on here that it all feeds on each other. But if you ask me what would fix the Cowboys' offense, uh, the number one thing I would say is if our offensive line would start playing the, like the way it has in the previous few years. To me, that's where it all starts falling apart. Zach Prescott's not having enough time, so he's you know not making good decisions. He's throwing some interceptions where he hadn't before. Uh, we where our running game, while last week was pretty good, has been really inconsistent. Um, we're not hitting anything deep. We're not hitting explosive plays, Well, you can't hit those plays if you can't protect your quarterback. So to me, everything really starts up front, and if the offensive line would start playing better then I think the offense as a whole would start to generate some production. So uh, that's what we'll have to see if that can happen.
0: Well, Dave, you don't have to do too much convincing uh, to people in Detroit to understand that it takes an offensive line uh, to raise a village, so to speak. So um, let let me more so ask you, too, because it, it's interesting. You know, the the Cowboys right now are number one uh in DVOA when it comes to rushing rank. Uh and, and you mentioned it's it's really kind of on the offensive line to step up and play better. Um but I want to talk a little bit about the skill positions here. Um outside of Zeke because I think Zeke is just Zeke. Like we know he's an incredible talent, uh incredibly talented runner. If the if the offensive line isn't playing so up to snuff, but you know, the rushing rank is still number 1 that goes a lot. Uh you know, that's a feather in his cap. But what about you know, the receiving core, because there's so much change over, like, you know, the Cowboys lost Jason Witten, um, who's an awful announcer on Monday night football now. And then they also have Des Bryant, you know, he, he gets released. He's still a free agent. Those are the top two target getters for the Dallas, you know, Dallas Cowboys offense a season ago. Now they have a bunch of new faces. What's going on with like the receiving core? Like, you know, is, is Dak really having trouble, you know, building chemistry with, with his receivers or what, what's going on?
2: Well, I think there's, you know, there's some of that involved where you have new people in new places and there's a little bit of chemistry issue. But, you know, there are some guys that have still been there. You know, Cole Beasley's still there. And actually Cole Beasley is probably our, you know, our biggest threat in the passing game right now. He, he's Yikes. the one who's been most concerned. Don't sleep on Cole Beasley. <laughs> on third and eight, he will get you that first down if you hit him on the crossing pattern over the middle. But um, I think, I mean, this is just, you know, obviously my own opinion, but I'm I. receiving cores, I mean, you kind of look at what Brady's done, right? Has Brady ever had a top receiving core? No. But if you use the players right and they're somewhat quality, you can get things done. Now, I'm not saying that Dak Prescott's going to be Tom Brady, obviously. But, you know, Drew Brees has done these things. Other quarterbacks have done things. I don't think you have to have the super talented wide receiver core. But what you need to have is protection. And then you need to have them creating some kind of separation, some kind of, you know, I think that's a problem Dallas is looking at now. Scott Linehan has kind of got locked into his vertical passing scheme. I think we need to see more, um, you know, stack formations. Bunch formations. We need to see more rub routes. We need to see more of that West Coast underneath stuff because that's actually what Dak does better. So, to some extent, yeah, we don't have the playmakers. But even the previous few years, like, you know, people talk about, well, you don't have Des Bryant anymore. Well, for the last few years, all people have done is hammer Des Bryant. (laughs) He's over the hill. He's broken down. He doesn't produce anymore. He's not a number one wide receiver. You know, just hammers him, and now all of a sudden he's not there, and they're like, oh, my God, you need dead Spryant. Well, come on, people. You can't have it both ways. So I think it's a case of, you know, and with the receiving core, again, gets back to everything's related. I think Linehan could call better uh, passing scheme. I think he's kind of got stuck a little bit here, and he needs to shake it up, and you guys should probably be on the lookout for that because I I guarantee you they're going to try some different stuff this week in the passing game uh the offensive line not protecting dak it's a problem cuz we're not being able we're not able to push the ball downfield so we can't really run that vertical passing scheme and then you know dak himself is just not playing the way he used to play so all of these things end up kind of rolling together they have some talent out on the outside guys who can do some things they're not you know big names and all that kind of stuff But they could get it done if some of these other problems could get solved. At least that's what I think.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. There was a pretty good Ringer article today saying pretty much exactly what you were just saying, that they need a little more mesh routes, they need a little better route combinations, because, yeah, those vertical routes just aren't cutting it anymore in this this NFL, because we have faster corners, and they kind of need that sort of – pick play s thing where it gets guys open over the middle of the field rather than vertically um quickly uh before we flip it over to the defense um i want to talk about cole beasley a little bit he's been limited with an ankle injury is there any concern that he might not give it a go this week
2: no he was limited last week okay the seattle game and he played he played well so i don't have any uh i have no reason at this point to believe that it's going to be an issue
1: and then quickly with uh you're talking about the offensive line struggles. Can that all be attributed to to missing out on Travis Frederick? Or is there another place on that offensive line that seems a little vulnerable or maybe a, a type of defender that's been giving them trouble so far?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not just Travis Frederick. If it was just that, you know, you feel like you can cover for that. Mm-hmm. But we got a left guard who's a rookie, Connor Williams. Mm-hmm. And he looks like he's going to be maybe a good player in this league. But he's making rookie mistakes. You know, he's having issues. He's gone up against some tough defenses, and some interior guys, so that's one thing. But, you know, hit and miss there. He's got to learn. The real problem is Tyron Smith just doesn't look like Tyron Smith right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy used to be in the argument as the best, you know, left tackle in the league, and he just does not look like that. He got abused quite a few times last week. Uh, throughout the whole season, he's been very inconsistent. So that's a huge problem. I mean, when you got a guy like that who's not playing well, and then on the other side, Leo, Leo Collins, little bit of hit hot, cold over there. You know, sometimes he looks really good, other times, you know, he's a holding machine. So you just, our line is just not consistent right now, and it's a it's a big problem. I think it's causing a lot of issues for Dak too.
0: You want to flip over to the defensive side of the ball, Jeremy? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, cool. Um so, you know, the the Cowboys have some they have some marquee players in in some in some really important positions. Um kind of like at each level of their defense in in my perspective and I'd love to get to hear your take dave that's why we have you here but demarcus lawrence is every bit the guy that every team probably wished they could have had a shot at um obviously the cowboys you know slapped the uh the old franchise tag on him but
2: well since we got him in the second round technically every team did have-
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 it's a very very good point um but just talk about how important his role is kind of like on the defensive line um the lions you know, last week against the Patriots, they didn't really face an elite pass rusher. Um, and it, it worked wonders for their offense. Shocker. Um, what do you think DeMarcus Lawrence will be able to do on Sunday um, that a lot of guys around the league maybe can't do from that position?
2: Well, I mean, the thing about DeMarcus Lawrence is he he's everybody thinks of him as a pass rusher and he is a pass rusher. He's very disruptive. He's uh, he can get around the edge. He can do a speed rush. I mean, that's not really his thing. But he can do it, and that mm-hmm. allows him to be able to set up you know the inside swim moves. He's got enough power if he gets his hands on you, he can push you back or move you out of the way. So he's got he kind of has the whole arsenal in terms of rushing the passer. So you can't just say, well, we're going to push him to the outside. you know we're not going to let him get in on our inside shoulder or you know these can't. you basically <laughs> excuse me, you basically want to chip him, obviously and things like that. But the thing about DeMarcus Lawrence is he's a very good run defender, too. So it's not like these pass rushers where you say, oh, we're just going to run at him all day and make him pay for putting him out there. He's not that kind of player. He will play the run very well, too. So he's just a really all-around great player out there. And week in, week out, he you know generally gets a sack or half sack, get a tackle for a loss. a couple plays where he really disrupts things. I mean, he's he's just a prime player out there on defense.
1: Well, speaking of prime players on defense, let's kick it over to the secondary because um, in my personal research this week, I found out an interesting fact that I had no idea, but Byron Jones, cornerback, former first round pick is the best cornerback through three weeks per pro football Focus focuses rating. Tell us about him because I think he's a name that not a lot of people know. He's only had a couple career interceptions and that's 10, that tends to be the stat that everyone focuses on. So if you don't have those stats, you kind of tend to be overlooked. Um, what kind of defender is Byron Jones and what's made him so good so far?
2: Well, th- this is an interesting story because we, uh, we drafted him in the first round. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was what, 2015, I believe. Yeah. Um, So we drafted him in the first round, being a corner and a safety initially. And he kind of ended up being a safety at the end of his rookie year. And then for the rest of the time here, that's what he played. And he was very average back there. Um, I mean, the guy is super athletic, has all the athleticism you want, has size, all of that kind of stuff. He looks like he would be a perfect safety, but he wasn't. He would take bad angles. He would, uh, you know, sometimes get lost in coverage. It, it, it was odd. I mean, and then playing safety, the thing we noticed the very best thing he did was cover the tight ends, you know. So this year, Chris Richard came over from Seattle, the Legion of Boom, mm-hmm. uh, to take over our secondary and our passing game coordinator. And one of the first things he did was say, Okay, you're a cornerback. You're not a safety. And it looks like it's playing to his strengths. I mean, he's a really good cover guy. He doesn't have to think about, well, am I in cover one? Am I in cover two? Where am I going? You know, I have to set up defense. Do I need to come forward? Do I need to go? No. Get over there. Press your guy. Stay on him. Cover him. Great athlete. Great size. That's what he's been doing. And, yes, he's been playing phenomenal out there. Um, Just really not giving up anything. So far in three weeks, um, looks like a totally different player. So that's probably why some people haven't heard of him. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, who's this guy? Well, that's why.
1: And what what type of receivers has he typically been up against? Is he going against number one, tall guys, flat guys? Um, what What's his specialty, do you think? At
2: that? Yeah, the Cowboys really don't move their corners. Okay. So he stays on one side. He's an outside guy, stays gotcha. on one side. So whoever's out on that side, that's the one he'll take.
0: The the other part of the defense that that really interests me about the Cowboys is um their their linebackers um and I know you you wrote the uh, on blogging the boys the other day uh yesterday actually you wrote the the first injury report that came out uh and Sean Lee was a a DNP with a with a hamstring injury um but to talk a little bit about the linebackers so far uh, this year in, in in Dallas um I know the Lions they they kind of thrive on a little bit of this under. You know, uh, you know, bunch route, uh, stacking the wide receivers, kind of that West Coast scheme. They'll they'll mix they'll mix in some deep throws as as will any team, but um, it tends to be kind of difficult when when the uh, when the opposing team has a good set of linebackers, and it seems like the Cowboys have some guys there. So, but you know, talk a little bit about you know whether or not you think Sean Lee's going to be able to play this weekend. Um, Jalen Smith, the you know the Cowboys first round pick, uh, Vander Esch. What are, what have these guys been able to prove to you so far through three weeks?
2: Yeah, uh, Sean Lee is not going to play. Um, okay. And Interestingly enough, in previous years, if I said to you, Sean Lee's not going to play, <laughs> then it would be like, okay, well, we're going to put up about 35 points on the Cowboys this week. Right. Um, so that's just generally how it was. Well, things have changed. Um, so a couple of things have happened. One is Jalen Smith. Right, So we drafted him even though he blew out his knee. I think everybody kind of knows the story out of Notre Dame that he was, you know, top 10 draft material, blows out his knee. People kind of backed off. We picked him up the second round and we basically had to wait. So his first year he did nothing while he was recovering. He played all 16 games last year, but he just wasn't an explosive player. You could tell. He was rusty. He was wearing a brace. He um He just, he couldn't make the plays. I mean, he was adequate sometimes, other times not adequate, but he played the whole season. But this year, he's starting to look like his old self. He doesn't have the brace anymore. He's healthy. He's moving a lot better. He looks much more fluid. The rust is kicked off. He's making good reads, that kind of thing. So there's, you know, that's step number one. Step number two is the Cowboys went out and drafted Lake Van Der Esch with nineteenth overall pick, big linebacker. You know, size, but can go sideline to sideline. Guy's athletic. Um, problem was, you know, with him a couple of things. He didn't have a long experience in football. He actually used to play eight man football back at his high school or whatever, uh, where somewhere out in I don't know Iowa or somewhere. Um, so, I mean, there was a little question of his experience in the game. And there's also, you know, sometimes he can get blocked, lost in the wash, you know. But so far, he has been really good And limited playing time. He's been playing, you know, kind of third linebacker in the middle, switching out with Lee and Smith. But um, last week he had nine solo tackles, 11 overall tackles, and like 30 snaps, 33 snaps. I mean, that's getting it done. So the combination of those two guys, and they have uh, a couple of backups, Damian Wilson, who plays strong side sometimes, you know, if they're in their base. But, you know, they, they're, they're playing a lot of nickel, obviously, as most teams do. You know, you can't, you can't play your base most of the time. So, But Damian Wilson, he does a pretty good job. They got Joe Thomas, a backup, he used to play with the Green Bay Packers. You guys might remember him. Um, so that's the thing. It's changed. It's not just Sean Lee anymore. There's a whole group of guys there. They're playing really well. But the key is Jalen Smith and Leighton Van Der Esch, and Van Der Esch will be starting for Sean Lee this week. All
1: right. I think that wraps up our our preview portion. We're going to get into some matchups in our next segment. We'll start talking about who's going to win what matchups, who's looking good and favorable in some positions, and then maybe we'll talk about – Uh, some of these crazy finishes that these two teams have had in the past and make some predictions for the upcoming game. So stick with us. We'll be right
3: back. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie.
1: All right, First Bite is back. We're here previewing Lions-Cowboys week th- Week four of the 2018 season. Um, Ryan is actually going to have to skip out of here a little early, so we're going to jump, at least for him, to the one thing we think we know. Ryan, what is the one thing you think you know about this matchup? Uh,
0: well, first of all, i got to live the gimmick. So since I'm almost always here, uh, this is just spot-on duty for me. Um, yep. Dave, also want to say thanks for stopping by. I uh, appreciate you having uh, the time to come on the podcast first bite sure. mm-hmm. um the one thing that i think i know about this game is that this game is really crucial for the lions in terms of like an identity like at one and two i'm not going to say that if the lions lose to the cowboys there's no chance they're going to make the playoffs or you know if the lions do beat the cowboys in dallas that they're all of a sudden contenders for the nfc north obviously that just seems entirely short-sighted but I think that this game matters a lot in the sense that Detroit can stack up two victories against some pretty high profile teams in the NFL. And I think that does a lot for their public perception. Like if you think back to last year, the lions, they had, they had the, the start that could have been, you know, they almost beat the Falcons who, you know, were the NFC's champs, you know, a quarter, a quarter away from beating Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Um, they they had this start that almost was, and then it kind of just, felt, it just, it just frayed at the ends. I think this year though, if they can beat the Patriots on Sunday night football in primetime, and then they can go to Dallas and beat Dallas as Dallas is a, another, another team, you know, that's kind of in flux right now. They're sitting at one and two as well. This could be a big statement game for them. I think that you're going to find out a lot about the Lions team from this game like and it's gonna really change the public's perception of them so um all those cliches out of the way um i think that i i think that carry johnson's gonna run for another 100 yards i gotta leave now
1: mic drop get out of here
0: <laughs> see you guys all
1: <laughs> right all right um let's jump into into some matchups here because i think there are a lot of key key fit factors to this game and i think it all starts to me at least, with the Lions run defense versus the the, the Cowboys run offense? Because on paper, we're talking about a number one ranked unit against the number 32 ranked unit. Dave, is there any key for the Lions here that you see as as a possible factor to stopping Ezekiel Elliott on Sunday?
2: Well, I think the interesting thing that I think works best against the Cowboys is not necessarily stopping Zeke cuz I don't think you're really going to stop him, you know, some teams have. I'm not going to say it never happens, right? Mm-hmm. But the Cowboys are going to keep feeding him. You know, they're going to keep trying to get the run game going. And eventually they usually do. Sometimes it takes a while, whatever. But I think the key is don't let Dak Prescott run on you. Because mm-hmm. if you start allowing him getting those read options and getting outside, if you start allowing him to do a draw or even on scrambles, whatever, if both of those guys start running, then it's really hard to contain the Cowboys offense. Now, Seattle did a great job last week of having their ends or whoever was, you know, not necessarily, defensive, could be a linebacker, could be a, a safety who's walked up to the line of not allowing Dak to keep the ball on the read option and get outside. Right. So to me, that is what you want to make sure you do. Don't let Dak run. Zeke may get his yards and everything like that. Let him get his yards. Take your chances in the passing game, and don't let Dak start running on you.
1: That's that's really interesting that you bring that up because I think a lot of what we saw in the Lions improvement from, from week two to week three, week two they were letting – Matt Breida run stretch plays outside, not containing the edges there. Whereas I think on mon- on Sunday night they they did a much better job of that. It's obviously going to be a little bit tougher when you have you know that run pass option or you know the the zone read options. Um, it's going to be tougher for for the edge defenders to kind of stay, uh, you know, stay disciplined in, in where they need to be. Um, and they haven't really faced a guy like that so far this year, I, I wouldn't say that uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is, is necessarily the the kind of versatile runner that the deck Prescott is. But uh, let, let's move over to a, a different factor in this game. Let's talk. Uh, we talked a little bit about the the Dallas uh, uh, skill players outside of Zeke. Let's, let's flip it over to the other side. Let's talk about um, the Lions skill players against that Dallas secondary because uh, outside – and we we talked already a little bit about um, sorry <clears throat> uh, we we talked a little bit about the 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 Dallas secondary but the Lions have a lot of weapons out there um, obviously the their three top receivers have kind of split uh, the the workload through three weeks um, do you do you think the the Dallas secondary has enough depth there to to challenge that that group of receivers
2: well you know the uh, the Cowboys defense you know. That's the one thing that's been doing well this year. Now, they stumbled some in Seattle. Um, And Chidobe Owuze on the other side, the corner on the other side, for the first time, he's a second year player. We knew he had talent last year. He looked pretty good. This year, he's looked really good in the first two games. Uh, Seattle took advantage of him a little bit. You know, he he gave up more. And then we had a couple of mistakes in our uh, secondary in terms of safety play that gave up a big play for a touchdown. And so, you know, we only gave up 24 points, so it wasn't like we got, you know, blown out or anything, but we did give up some more bigger plays in the passing game than we had previously. Um, We've done very well in terms of, you know, we got a nice slot corner right now, Anthony Brown, who's playing pretty well. He used to be a starter on the outside, lost his job out there. We moved him inside to the slot. He seems to be kind of flourishing there. The secondary, I think it's good, and if you go by what you see in these first three weeks, you'd think, you know, that's a solid, solid effort. But Seattle, a little bit exposed some of the things you can do on them. So that's got you, that's got me a little bit worried, and there's not a lot of depth in terms of if there is an injury, then, you know, there'd be, wow, that's, you know, especially at the safety position, that's really thin, you know, in terms of um, we got Xavier Woods back, but he's young, he's just learning, he's you know, still being limited in practice. Kayvon Frazier is more of an in-the-box kind of guy, and he tried to play deep on a play against Seattle and got burned. So I think there are some things you may be able to do there, but it's a pretty talented group back there, so it's not going to be easy pickets.
1: It's interesting. It's interesting talking to you, Dave, because if, if you were to take the, the normal Cowboys fan and, and kind of put him on a podcast, I feel like he would be much more concerned than, than you seem to be. And and I'm I'm kinda of with you. I think this is a very talented Dallas team and, and you don't seem to be too concerned that they started one and two. Am I am I reading that right?
2: Well, okay. I'm not happy about it. <laughs> of course. Sure. Of course. I mean I'm not happy, but I I can see things are there. Yeah. You know. I watch the films. I watched the all 22, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to diss people people on the internet in 140 characters. But if you really start looking at things, there are stuff there that you can build on. So you just got to keep thinking, well, I mean, this has been a good team in the past. I mean, we went 13 and three, two years ago. And we were five and three heading into the half point last season when Zeke got suspended and everything kind of fell apart. Tyron Smith got hurt. I just I'm not ready to give up on this team yet. I see there are things that they can do. They've got some players who can make things happen. You know, sometimes teams start slow. You you just you just can't give up yet. You gotta you gotta say, let let's play it out. Now, in two weeks, if we're one and five, of course, it's a different story. But if we go if we're two and two. After we play you guys and say we end up two two, well, gosh, you're right back in the playoff hunt, then.
0: Yeah,
1: I, I'm I'm with you there. Um, let's let's talk about it then. Let's let's break down the one thing that we think we know. We'll get into some predictions here. Um, if 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 I'm not putting you on the spot too soon, let let's start with you. What's the one thing you think you know about Sunday night's game between the Cowboys and the Lions?
2: I think the one thing I know is that the offense we've seen these first three weeks is not going to be the same offense you guys are going to see on Sunday. Now, will it work? Will it be productive? Will it put points on the board? No idea. I guarantee you it's not going to look the same. There's just no way they can walk out there with the same thing they've been doing and lose the game and Jason Garrett and Scott Lenahan expect to keep the jobs for much longer. I mean, (laughs) if you go out there and you try something different and you get beat, okay, that's one thing. But if you go out there and try the same thing and then get the same results, I mean, that's just stupid. So my guess is you're going to see a lot of more different stuff. You're going to see probably some different formations. You're going to see some different route combinations. You might see a gadget play here or there, you know, a couple of trick things. They're going to shake things up on this offense. So I don't think it's going to be the predictable kind of thing that we've seen so far this year. So that, I think that's one thing I know whether I, whether it's going to work or not. I don't know that.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to know we're still kind of learning the identities of these teams. We're only three weeks in, you saw with the lines, just how quickly th- optimism can change in a city going from zero and two to beating the Patriots and going one and two. So um, the one thing I think I know is that this is going to be a very low scoring game. And last week I said the opposite. Now that I've seen the lines with the running game with, with a kind of offensive game plan where they're stretching out these really long, ten, eleven play drives, eating up five, six, seven minutes of clock. Um, I, th- I expect to see a lot of that again on on Sunday. And, and Dallas is the same way; they like to run the ball a heck of a lot too. So we're going to see long possessions, which is going to lead to low scores. Even though I think both offenses might have the advantage over the defense. Um, we'll see with the Lions' offense on the field. I think that's going to be a, a very challenging matchup. So I think the over under somewhere around 44, I would take the under, but I'm also not a betting man. So please don't come at me and say, Hey, you, you cost me $50 because don't bet on sports. It's stupid. Uh, but yeah, if, if I had to bet gun to my head, I would, I would take the under in this game because I think we're in for some long, long drives and, and a quick game. I think this is going to go by very quickly. We might be done before four o'clock on, on Sunday. Uh, so th- that's it. Those are our predictions for the game. Dave Halperin, I want you to to pip out your stuff. Where can we find your stuff? Uh, where what, What's upcoming that maybe Lions fans are going to be interested over at Blogging the Boys? Um, just let us know.
2: Well, uh, you know, everything's Blogging the Boys. So Facebook, Twitter, uh web address even over on instagram whatever at blogging the boys you know boys. just you get the picture blogging the boys and then uh i mean we're going to be starting rolling out in the next couple of days obviously the kind of you know match scouting reports you know this group against that group that kind of stuff with the lions game coming up so i think that's you know that'll be our focus going ahead so we'll hopefully we'll uh we'll be able to talk about you guys in an intelligent way. You know, usually <laughs> we try to do that. So,
1: Well, if, if this podcast is any, uh, any sign, then it's going to be some good coverage over there. So I definitely recommend Lions fans jump over there, check out their coverage, because it's always good to kind of see someone else's point of view on the situation. And Dave, I, I appreciate you coming on the show for us and, uh, and giving us the breakdown from your point of view.
2: Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me on.
1: No problem. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us this week. We'll talk to you guys again on Monday.
2: Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know,